When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. 2024 is going to be a monster year in politics. We want to keep you up to date on all things election, but you've got lives, families, jobs, and you can't always listen every day to the show. That's why we've created a podcast called 24 that gives a recap of our election coverage from the week. Think of it like a highlight reel, a breakdown of all the plays, analysis, and team interviews. 24 will drop at noon Eastern on Sundays in our podcast feed. You can find it on the free iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in Friday edition, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I hope you don't have an electric vehicle that you're trying to charge while you are listening to us in much of the country because it is cold and it ain't easy to do. We're going to talk some about that. My kids have been out all week from school. We got more ice. You know, this is the truth. I don't remember the last time this happened. Buck, I have not left my house since Sunday. Legitimately have not left my house. Now, I got all the studios. I can work. It hasn't really changed my ability to to do everything. But my kids haven't uh, had to go to school. Uh, We got everything in the neighborhood. Have not left uh, I don't remember the last time that's happened. I'm not sure that that has ever happened, but that's what happens when the South gets hit with snow and ice and everything else, and it's still here because it stayed cold, and I'm over the cold. Uh, but we'll talk some about the electric vehicles because I bet a lot of you who may have bought electric vehicles or have friends and family who have bought electric vehicles, this cold is making those things massive issues. We'll talk about it. Uh, Axios has already moved on from Trump is going to be the nominee They put out a list, three vice presidential candidates that they believe are at the top of Donald Trump's list. Nikki Haley, Elise Stefanik, and Ohio Senator J.D. Vance. Uh, We will talk about that some because it's got everybody all riled up. You remember I mentioned that someone said J.D. Vance last summer, I heard, in a meeting at Mar-a-Lago. So this has been, that has been in the ether for a while. 
Yeah, I like J.D. We've had him on the show a bunch. Smart guy, young. Uh, we'll talk about all three of those contenders and others, I would imagine, during the course of the show. But just so all of you know, we are, what, four days from the New Hampshire primary, and the polling continues to look really, really good for Donald Trump. The, the most recent poll that I saw, Buck, and then I want to play an audio, which will kind of give you a sense of how well the poll is uh, is looking for Donald Trump. This came out from Suffolk University and USA Today uh, earlier today, and it has Donald Trump at 52, Nikki Haley at 35, Ron DeSantis at 6. Those are the only three remaining candidates. That is a huge lead for Donald Trump. If you look at the gambling markets, Trump has moved into almost impregnable position in terms of he's going to win the New Hampshire primary as well. If that ends up being the case, and certainly we're going to talk about it a lot next week, no Republican presidential candidate has ever won Iowa and New Hampshire in a contested primary since Gerald Ford in 1976. So Trump would have done something effectively that has not been done in 50 years, nearly, if he goes on and wins New Hampshire on Tuesday. And initially, you had a lot of optimism from Nikki Haley. Oh, we're going to be able to uh, to win New Hampshire, and then we're going to go down and we're going to win South Carolina, and we're going to turn this race on its head. And that's the theory for how we're going to end up uh, winning this nomination. Well, now John, uh, sorry, Chris Sununu, I think is the, I, I always get the Sununus mixed up, but uh, the current governor of uh, of New Hampshire, who is Chris Sununu, I believe, part of the Sununu family, uh, he now is saying, oh, no, no, we were never planning on actually winning New Hampshire. The goal was just to come in second, and we're in good shape there. Listen to this audio from yesterday. We always wanted to have a strong second. That's the only expectation we ever laid out. And you can be more direct about New Hampshire. Oh, it's an absolute win. No, it's a, it's a win and a reset button. If everyone that could vote in the primary comes out and votes, not only she's going to win in a landslide, and and that's not an exaggeration. So you're going to see you a record bar for you here. No, it's, it's not an expectation. He knows his state better I than know, I do. It's not an expectation. It's people getting excited. It's exciting. We can feel it on the ground. We're going to do this. Nikki Haley can give Trump that defeat that no one thought was possible in the next few weeks, and I think that's very likely to happen. I think she can win. She's. We've already exceeded expectations in terms of a one-on-one race. All right. Yeah. It's never good when you say, we're going to win. It's going to be a landslide. Oh, no. And then you flip back a couple of weeks later, and you're like, we never said that. We always said we'd be really happy with second. She's going to come in second. It's not going to be particularly close, and I think that ends it. But, Buck, this is not a good sign for Nikki Haley when the governor of New Hampshire has gone from, oh, she's going to win New Hampshire, to we never even said that. We literally just played you the receipts. He did. I think this whole thing may officially be over before South Carolina at this point. I think you may have both of them uh drop before then, which I wouldn't have thought even in the immediate aftermath of Iowa necessarily, but based on what what the numbers are looking like because what's really what's really the point, you know, staying in to see if you could get a big if you could make it close even if you were Let's say you're Nikki Haley, you're the last last woman standing, uh, last woman or man standing against Trump, and you were going to break that lead down substantially so that maybe Trump's at, you know, Trump's at 55, you're at 45, still still a substantial margin yeah. um, in the in the key states. 
But that's not what's going to happen. As we're seeing here, the moment, if Ron were to drop out in advance of South Carolina, as we've discussed, most of his supporters go to Trump. If most of his supporters go to Trump, now he's out ahead of Nikki Haley by 60 points. I mean, some some huge 70 points, yeah. some huge, huge number. And I, I don't think that that's brand enhancing, which is really what now the second and third place finishers behind Trump, I think, have to have as their top consideration. So that that's... Yeah, of course they're doing a expect, what is it? Uh, they're managing expectations now about New Hampshire in classic PR fashion. Oh yeah, a second place showing. If Nikki Haley can't win in New Hampshire, she can't win anywhere against Trump. And that's just the way that it is. So we'll see how long they decide they, they want to draw this out. I, you know, the Axios reporting, it's funny to me, Clay, because you think about who could they have spoken to that would really have an inside track on Trump VP picks. Who would that even be at this point? I'm not sure that if you're Axios and you speak to Trump himself, you can consider <laughs> that to be the yeah. inside track. Because a week later, he might just, or a day later, he might just totally change his mind. Um, uh, Elise Stefanik, I understand she's having a moment right now because of the testimony of the university presidents. Uh, but Elise Stefanik, Listen to her on climate change. I mean, there, there are a few things where she's a liberal Republican. So the people that are upset about Nikki Haley, because she's a establishment interventionist Republican, uh, Stefanik, very loyal to Trump, as we know, that's very important. But on policy, she's kind of in that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say she's like a, a Tom Tillis or something, but she's in that direction. Let me ask you this. Because this is where I am. If Trump is going to be the nominee, you and I are going to charge and be as aggressive as we can to try to beat Joe Biden. And it's going to be a wild 2024 ride. And we hope all of you listening will buckle up and come along for the ride. But here's where I am on the VP. I don't think it matters that much in a negative way. That is, I don't. And some people are going to, oh, no, 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 no. You know, the usual clattering chat uh, uh, classes out there. I look at it and say, I just want Trump to pick someone that makes it somewhat more likely that he could be elected president. But That's all we, I care about. Can we add something in that, though? I really yeah. do think, Clay, that there's a different consideration now. That That's piece one. But I yeah. think we have to think of this as two pieces because whoever's his VP is pretty much on the launch pad to run again in two years, right? So it's, it's a more substantial pick than it's just, you know, you like Sarah Palin with John McCain. No one even thought really about like, Oh, in eight years, it was just like, can she help him win this yeah, election? Right and we'll figure the rest out later. You know what I mean? That's kind of where I am though, because if Trump were to win, there are going to be like, there'll be no, you know, we know Biden's not running again. Like Trump's not running again. It basically sweeps the deck. I don't know that the VP for Trump is going to have that much of a leg up because I think there's going to be 20 or 25 guys and gals who all jump in, and I think they're all going to have decent name recognition. Now, if the VP does an amazing job, then, yes, you would potentially have a leg up. But the VP could also end up like Mike Pence and have basically no political career anymore, or like Kamala Harris, where you're in a position, Trump's going to be Trump, if you don't, necessarily excel in that role i mean mike pence i think and i understand there are some people out there with big mike pence fans i think mike pence's political career is over 
I, I don't think that he is ever going to be able to ascend to any kind of national role. Now, maybe he could run for something in Indiana again. And I'm not trying to take a shot at him. I'm just saying the Trump VP pick comes with a high degree of potential outcome. So I'm not sure that that means that you're going to be the, the, the front runner for 828. But who he's picking now... Um, first of all, I don't think there's anyone that he could choose. I, I believe that generally vice presidents, I mean, look at the, look at the whole Sarah Palin situation. It was yeah. like, oh, the game change movie and all this stuff. Vice presidents don't win you the election. And I'm I not agree. even sure they, I'm not even sure they matter very much at all in terms of the way electoral politics actually plays out. That all said, uh, this pick is for a Trump. Uh, look, I think I said it on the air, heard from people who heard Trump. Ed Mar-a-Lago talking about this, and he said he wants someone that he likes to hang out with as VP. Yeah, that was the that was the story. I mean, or that that was what was was circulating in, in political circles. This is maybe last July, I want to say, and that's when the JD Vance name came up for the yeah. first time as a VP pick. Because people are like, wait a second, what? It's like, yeah, Trump likes him. He's smart. He's a young guy. He's by by cool. the way, this is also a good. JD Vance said awful, nasty things about Trump in like 2016. And oh, wait, are you telling was, me that people are welcome back on the Trump train, even if at one point they weren't on the Trump this train? This is one thing that I will say is very positive about Trump. He is not, some, some politicians, you know this, Buck, some people in general, but we're talking about politicians. If you ever say a negative word about them, they never forget it for the rest of their life, and they have massive grudges, and they will try to end you eight years later because you said something they didn't like. You know, that, that, that barely got any attention eight years ago. There are a lot of politicians like that. Score settlers, so to speak. I don't think Trump is not like that. Trump w- will not hold a grudge beyond, look at what happened to Vivek. He takes shots at Vivek. 24 hours later, Vivek's up on stage and Trump is saying, and people now want him to be VP, right? Like, whatever Trump says, his base will follow. But also, JD Vance said a lot of negative things about Trump in 16. He said to JD Vance's credit, hey, I was wrong. Trump was a better president than I anticipated. And so he then got Trump's endorsement in 2022. He's now a senator. He's done well. But my point on this is six years ago, J.D. Vance was not a Trump guy. And so this idea that uh, that Trump isn't able to just go out and find somebody new, this is why I don't think Nikki Haley's off the table. And some of you out there are fired up. I was tweeting about this last night. If Trump picks Nikki Haley, Within 24 hours, all the people saying Nikki Haley is an awful human being and there's no way she should ever be representing the Republican Party will be praising Trump for playing 4D chess and making such an astute VP pick. So I I agree with you on this. And so I think we should and I know a lot of the folks listening do not. So let's let's have a let's have a fight on this one. Call us. Let us know why we are wrong that if Trump were to pick Nikki Haley, our contention, we both we both see it this way, and that doesn't mean that we're right. Sometimes we've both been wrong on things before. Our contention is everybody who would vote for Trump would still vote for Trump, even if he picked Nikki Haley as VP. There would be zero way, if, noticeable if you, change. I mean, don't tell me you've got, like, one neighbor that you're sure. I, I mean, in the polls, in the numbers, nothing changes. People like to get fired up and claim that something's going to be transformational. If you won't vote for a president because of a vice presidential pick, my contention is you were never voting for the president in the first place. Now, I do think you can make a vice presidential pick that could make someone who wouldn't otherwise be voting for you be like, oh, okay, maybe he's not so bad. I would consider it somewhat. I don't think that your pick in somebody voting for you. 
So that yep. is my thesis, and I'm very sound on it. I don't, I don't think the numbers would change at all in a negative way for Trump. Who wants to fight? 800-282-2882. Light us up. It's Friday. Daniel Russo is going to fight. That's right. We're Great in a line. feisty mood on this one. Um, and we got a lot more coming your way here, uh, not just on, on New Hampshire, but also, man, if you're looking around for Biden these days, looking at the latest, I don't know. I, I mean, the health thing, we keep assuming that the health issue that may come up is a planned thing. Ah, I think that's a lot of assumption there because this guy is, he's rapidly losing faculty and losing, uh, losing ability. So, We'll see. We'll see. Let's talk about the Tunnel to Towers Foundation for a moment, my friends. Their mission, Tunnel to Towers Foundation, is to do good and make sure we never forget, never forget 9-11. Never forget the soldiers and first responders who risked their lives and bodies for our country and communities. And never forget those who were sickened because of their service. The foundation is committed to helping these heroes and their families. Heroes like retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Michael Michael Cardos. Lieutenant Cardo served his country for 20 years and received numerous commendations, including a Bronze Star. During his time overseas, he was exposed to toxic burn pits. 18 hours after being diagnosed with service-related cancer, he died. Tunnel to Towers then paid off the mortgage on his family's home, enabling his widow and their six children to stay in their home, removing a financial burden. The foundation helps Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders, as well as catastrophically injured heroes and homeless veterans. Help families like the Cardos. Join us in donating $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Speaking truth and having fun. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. No surprise, but do you know the number of abortions in states where it's deemed legal have increased since the overturning of Roe versus Wade? Sadly, unborn babies' lives are more at risk than ever, and that's where preborn steps in. Preborn introduces moms to their precious babies through ultrasound. When a mom in crisis hears her baby's heartbeat and sees her or him on ultrasound, she is twice as likely to choose life. Preborn has rescued hundreds of thousands of babies' lives, and their network of clinics are located in the highest abortion states, standing strong for moms in crisis and the most vulnerable preborn babies. Five ultrasounds are just $140, helping to rescue five babies. Preborn relies on donations from us. To donate securely, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 saying baby or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash buck. You will never regret saving a baby's life. Visit preborn.com slash buck sponsored by preborn. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 
995-G-O-L-D. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Second hour, Clay and Buck kicks off right now. We're talking a lot about New Hampshire because we're just days away from the first of the nation primary. And it's looking like it's going to be a two-person race right now, really between Nikki Haley and Donald Trump. So what's going to happen here in the final stages? What are some of the closing arguments going to be from both camps? Nikki Haley upset here and even naming Fox in the process because she claims that the assertion that she is not a conservative is false, is unfair. Let's talk about it. Play one. I think it's irresponsible for the press to say this because Democrats can't vote in this primary. They haven't been able to change their registration for months. He's going out saying, I want to cut Social Security. I've never once said I want to cut Social Security. And everybody's talking about the fact, is she a conservative? I want you, Ainsley, you've known me a long time. How am I not conservative? I was a Tea Party governor. I passed voter ID. I passed the toughest illegal immigration law in the country. I cut taxes. I passed tort reform. We paid down our debt. I went to the U.N. We cut a billion dollars. Just because the media says it, because Donald Trump says it, it's wrong. I've been a conservative all my life. No one can mention one thing that says I'm not a conservative. A few things here, Clay, and, and let's uh, let's try to analyze this as honestly and dispassionately as we can. Uh, she, when she was a governor in South Carolina, she was governor of a very red state, and so yes, she governed as a conservative. But then again, I don't think you have much choice in South Carolina. You know, it's which I think is also true, for example, of South Dakota. If you're going to govern there. It's very red, so you're probably going to push Republican policies. The hits on Nikki Haley, for example, to me, seems to be the, the places where, you know, because people are upset, and we've seen this online, they're upset at the notion of a Nikki Haley VP. So I want to dive into a little bit. Forget about whether Trump will or won't. Why does that bother people in the Republican Party, in the in the base, people who are going out to vote? I think it's primarily a couple things. Let me know if I'm missing anything or if you think there's something else to throw in here. I think Nikki Haley is very much an establishment Republican on foreign policy and the usage of U.S. military force abroad. I think she's considered 
establishment insofar as the donor class tends to really like her. Um, what is it that she has done? She served under the Trump administration. As I've said, U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations is almost a ceremonial post. It's just the truth. But anyway, um, what has she done in office that is not conservative? I mean, she said she was bad, I think, on, a, on an answer about transgender things that she gave recently, but she really just evaded. She didn't give a an incorrect answer, right? Like what people, the notion that she's not like, let's take this at face value, that she's not a conservative. Where does that really come from? Is it fair? So I think Nikki Haley has not been very good at answering questions. She didn't handle a question on the Civil War very well. She didn't handle the question on transgender issues very well. Um, and those have bubbled up and become stories, right, because she hasn't handled them as well. And now they don't do very many public forum questions as a result, I think, is one of the outcomes of that. Um, I, I think if you ask people, a lot of it would come after she left the UN with the way that she immediately kind of jumped right into bed with global business interests. That would be the attack. Um, I, I think that the, the, the reality is that is a line of attack that Donald Trump has been able to take advantage of because she has been supported by people who are otherwise Democrats. I think that's really where it comes from more than anything else. I think it's also the idea in many of the debates she has been more prone to advocate using American military than uh the less activist base of the Dem- of the Republican Party would be, right? She's more aggressive on Ukraine. Uh she's more aggressive on uh how to use military force, which would have actually been sort of the Bush-Cheney style of the Republican Party. She would have been probably an interventionist on Iraq. And then the other thing I would say is I think a lot of people feel like she goes whatever way the wind blows, and her response in South Carolina when they had the shooting at the Ebenezer Baptist Church and she suddenly says, oh, we've got to take down the Confederate flag immediately, I actually think that's why she didn't handle the slavery question very well, because... She is particularly apprehensive about how to handle issues such as those, and that kind of put up her guard uh, uh, antenna when she got that question about the Civil War at all. She just doesn't want to really kind of dive into it. That's not a difficult question to answer, but she was more particularly sensitive to it maybe than most would be. So, see, it's interesting because most of your uh, most of the things you point out, and I, I agree that she has handled some questions badly, it feels like that's more a function of her inauthenticity as a candidate and and what she's expressing than it is a lack of conservatism. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's she's messing up, but she's messing up not because she's actually a lib or she's, a, you know, she's, she's a centrist or whatever. It's because she doesn't want to tell people what she really thinks. She wants to tell them whatever is going to help the most in that moment. Um, I did think this was interesting as well. She says... That while Trump's cases should play out, she did pledge to fully pardon him. And we should, we haven't talked about the Fonnie Willis, the latest there, which I think this ties into this, but let's play. This is cut two, promising to pardon Trump. Play it. You know, you only want to talk about a pardon after someone has been convicted. So I would assume that we'd let that play out and I would think he would want that to play out. If he were convicted, would you then pardon him? I said I, I would pardon him with the simple reason of, you know, when you talk about a pardon, someone's already been found guilty. 
But for me, the last thing we need is an 80-year-old president sitting in jail because that's just going to further divide our country. This is no longer about whether he's innocent or guilty. This is about the fact, how do we bring the country back together? And I am determined to make sure all of this division, all of this chaos goes away. And I think a pardon for him would make all of that go away. And I think Can it would I just be say, for the country. What she just said there, I went to, I thought about this right away, is what Mike Pence should have said on this show when you kept asking him about a pardon. It's not even about, notice she didn't go to, I mean, if you were IRS, I'd be like, these charges are preposterous. This is all a political hit job. She didn't even go there. But I think it's sufficient for her to say that in this context, yes, of course, I would pardon Trump. He's still our, he's still one of our former presidents, may still be future president, but one of our former presidents sitting in prison on she would have been able to continue. He wouldn't have won or anything, but I think he would have been able to continue his campaign a little longer. The lack of that vision for me, blew away all this, oh, I'm the guy standing on principle thing. What about the principle of you're trying to not rip the country apart? Yeah, and look, I mean, this is what I would have said if I was Ron DeSantis from the start. I I think Vivek was the only person who said it ever, like just right out of the gate. I give credit to Vivek. Did Ron not say it? He did say it, but he didn't say it right away. Yeah, he kind of tiptoed up to it. He he didn't uh, really – we asked him when he right after he launched, he came on the show – to me, that's an easy question. It would have put it behind, and Nikki Haley's gotten finally to the right place at a minimum on that answer. But my concern is when it takes you a long time to get to the right answer, you're ultimately being hired for your judgment. And this was an easy call for me. And and by the way, I would say that some people are going to be upset about this. I would say the same thing if it were a Democrat. I don't think you benefit unless it's like, you are committing a murder, right? Like something that is a direct violent act that you yes. undertook the, yourself. I, I would not want Joe Biden sent to prison for process crimes. And that is what they are trying to do to Donald Trump for, for, for documents this, for, or for. Yeah, for this classified thing that he's being investigated for, right? Like let's pretend that Trump comes into office, beats Biden. I don't think that whoever the new attorney general is of the United States should try to put Joe Biden can, can in I prison for the rest of his life. Donald Trump feels this way, too, about or felt this way about Hillary Clinton. Correct. Who clearly broke the law. It was as obvious as can be. But I think he, I think Trump recognized in in a, in a moment that is you'd have to describe as magnanimous Trump better for the country not to lock up my previous political competitor and obviously one of the most famous people in American politics and Clinton's and last name, the whole thing better for the country not to, to your point, if if you should go away on state charges for a long time because of violent crime or something, yeah. I do. And th- this goes to the argument that has been talked about a little bit with Trump. And, uh, you know, that can't actually be true, because if that is true, you know, the notion that you can't go to prison for anything or you can do anything as the president and it's OK, because then anybody who becomes president could eliminate all their rivals and it would be something that. We would or, have to sit around. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, but no take it outside of like an actual attack on your political rivals, which, right? I mean, but I'm talking about something not even that you order. To me, the easiest call is something that you directly do, right? Like, let's say that the president of the United States got into an argument with his son and picked up a, uh, uh you know, I don't know, a like candlestick in the in the solarium, and yes, and hit his son in the head and killed him. 
Like, the president should be prosecuted for that direct, physical, violent act. You aren't above that, right? Now, you could say, oh, you're driving a car and then you're drunk, but the president never drives a car, right? The number of things that a president could do that are physically violent is relatively limited because they're constantly surrounded by Secret Service protection, right? They don't drive cars, like all those things. And, you know, presidential immunity, I mean, this has been talked about a little bit recently, you can't order drone strikes on your political opposition in this country, right? That that would be yes. first of all, people don't even talk about this. You know, there there is uh, whether it's military chain of command or, or you know intelligence, you're not allowed to. There are unlawful orders. Yeah. Just because someone can give an order does not make the order lawful, and not all presidential orders would inherently be lawful either. So, I mean, I, I you know this, it's been an more of an intellectual debate than I think a real debate recently, although it has come up in court and some of the Trump lawyers were raising this to see the extent of presidential immunity and to test this out because we've never been here before. But the, I think it's interesting as well, Clay, the reason we have to have this or that we're even talking about testing the length of presidential immunity or the extent of presidential immunity is because Democrats are trying to throw a presidential candidate into prison. That, yeah. that, that's why we're having the conversation. Totally. And I'll give you an example from recent history, right? They didn't find weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Should George W. Bush be prosecuted because he relied on his intelligence agencies and they ended up being inaccurate for purposes of why he decided to invade Iraq, right? Like that to me is an easy example of him acting within his presidential authority and the result ending up being something that wasn't what he sold to the American public. Uh, that shouldn't be prosecutable, right? There are people out there who say, oh, George W. Bush should have been charged with war crimes over that. That's clearly to me within the scope of making decisions. I, I was going to, that, that's the critical, the critical thing though is within the scope of your employment, right? So, you know, when, when I was in the CIA, they always made that very clear to us. You know, where, where are you, you know, where, where would you have some protection and some qualified immunity or, you know, what, same thing at the NYPD. You know, if you're a cop and you're on the job and you do something and it's within the scope of your employment, that goes under a different set of rules than you're off duty, you're at home, you know, you get into an argument with the delivery driver, you punch him in the face, you can't say, hey, I'm a law enforcement officer, I'm using my force. Like, within the scope of your job is very important and certainly in the context of a commander-in-chief. So, that that matters, I think. No doubt. I mean, I I think that's the kind of conversation the Supreme Court's going to have to rectify and analyze and, and, and election challenges are within, the, are within the I think very clearly within the scope of I your, agree your role. I mean, you're running you're running in an election. I think you know you're allowed to challenge an election. So legally, your efforts and generosity last year allowed our sponsor, the Preborn Network of Clinics, to achieve something remarkable. They saved the lives of more than fifty eight thousand babies. On their behalf, thank you to all of you who made this possible. Preborn welcomes pregnant mothers to their clinics nationwide for an opportunity to meet their unborn child via ultrasound. They also offer up to two years of support, including counseling, baby supplies, maternity clothing, and more. But it's that initial ultrasound experience that so often will help point the mind of a young mother in the right direction to give life to that baby. And if they choose life after seeing their child move within them and hear that heartbeat, preborn will be with, there with them for two years of help and support. Every day, Preborn celebrates 200 miracles, 200 babies saved. $28 a month can be the difference between life and death for a child. That's the cost of each ultrasound. Make a donation, please, to this nonprofit and help again this year. They rely on you and me entirely 
the pro-life community in this country. They get no government money. Using your cell phone, dial pound 250, say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, say baby. Or visit preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K, sponsored by Preborn. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Chalk up a win for Team Reality. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show News. Uh, and we'll continue to take your calls on this Friday as we sit here four days from the New Hampshire primary. News that is out there. Uh, Tim Scott, according to the New York Times, senator from South Carolina, set to endorse Donald Trump for president tonight at a rally in New Hampshire. That is the report from the New York Times. Now, that is somewhat significant in that Tim Scott had not endorsed anyone since he dropped out of the presidential uh, race before any votes were actually cast. But if you're looking ahead to South Carolina and stepping beyond where we are right now, this would mean that Trump has been endorsed in South Carolina by the governor, Henry McMaster, by Lindsey Graham, of course, uh, and now by Tim Scott, in the event that Nikki Haley is going to take the fight to Donald Trump in South Carolina, all three of the statewide elected officials in that state have now lined up behind Donald Trump. So that's where I would say the impact of Tim Scott's endorsement, as he is very popular in South Carolina, would come into play. I'd also bring this up, Buck. Remember, Nikki Haley went after Tim Scott. Because I believe, if I remember correctly, Nikki Haley appointed Tim Scott to the Senate when he initially began his uh, his tenure there. So they had a pretty good relationship. But if you'll remember in the debates, Tim Scott, I think, came on this show and even talked about it a little bit, seemed a little bit surprised that Nikki Haley went after him as aggressively as she did during those uh, during those debates before. Because remember, first one of them had to emerge as a contender. Both of them could not. Nikki Haley won that battle, and now it feels like Tim Scott may be paying her back by deciding to endorse Donald Trump. Well, it's also the smart play at this point, well, right? Correct. There, there's there's and nobody who's going to say whoa. Himself. Yeah, yeah, but there's you know there's no one who's going to be surprised at all at endorsement for Trump at this point for uh, from from anybody I, w- I would say. Um, and you know we're going to have to. We got uh, producer Ali thinks Tim Scott's going to be Trump's VP, so. We, we, we're going to have to start keeping track of all of these projections on this. It's just, it's, it is interesting. It's almost more interesting to think about the possibilities than I think it actually matters who ends up being the VP in some ways, at least in terms of the election. It's a bigger thing to see down the line how it's all going to go. Producer Allie really likes Tim Scott as the potential VP choice. Uh, she wants to make That's a what bet I said, on it. right? Well, did you say that already? I just, I think so. I'm just making you sure may, I didn't say the wrong name. Yeah. I was focused on making sure that I didn't screw up this read, which I'm giving to you right now. Pure Talk. Look, they're going to hook you up right now. They will give you right now incredible offers, save you up to a thousand dollars a year if you make the decision to go switch to them. Now on your way to ensuring that you can save up to a thousand dollars. They have great U.S. customer service. My own family uses this. Uh, you can dial pound two five zero. And say the keywords Clay and Buck. Get connected now again. Pound 250, say Clay and Buck to start off the year saving on wireless up to a thousand dollars a year. That's pound 250. Say Clay and Buck. Do it today.
Meet Kelsey. When she found out she was pregnant, she wasn't sure where to turn. But after meeting with the counselors at a pre-born network clinic, they welcomed her and supported her and provided her with a free ultrasound. Kelsey heard her baby's heartbeat and she chose life. When a mother looks at her child through a sonogram, it does something to you. You know, I ended up deciding to keep my son, who is now five years old today. He's amazing. He brings absolute joy to my heart. I could not imagine life without him. By introducing a woman to her baby on an ultrasound, a baby's chance at life doubles. Your tax-deductible donation of $5,000 will sponsor Preborn's entire network for 24 hours, helping to rescue 200 babies. To donate, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 saying baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Sponsored by Preborn. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833 833- 995 GOLD. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out of pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another health care provider. That's HealthLock.com. As we gear up for the biggest year in politics, one thing we can all do now is start voting with our wallets. By supporting brands and companies that share your values, you're sending a message. It's like buying a team jersey, and we're on Team Sanity. Our sponsors are, too. So before we get behind the candidates, let's get behind the people, our people. Every day, men and women who have started businesses across the country, people just like you and me. Support a Clan Buck sponsor and let your voice be heard. The more of us that support them, the louder our collective voice becomes. 
Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Final hour of the week, 14 hours up, 14 hours down. This will be the last hour, and we go up to New Hampshire. A lot of different stories that we've been tracking so far, but we want to join our friend Caroline Levitt, who is a New Hampshireite. We have learned that that is how you define someone from New Hampshire over the course of this show, after much... uh Error in ways, I think probably would be fair to say. Uh, Caroline, how is the weather in New Hampshire? We know it was brutal in Iowa. And what do you expect turnout to look like on Tuesday? And for people out there who've never been through the primary season, you grew up here. What is it like when it comes to the New Hampshire primary for residents of New Hampshire? <laughs> well, first of all, uh, the weather here compared to Iowa is a treat. In fact, some of our Team Trump ground staff uh, from Iowa has joined us here in New Hampshire to ensure another big victory. And they're saying they feel like they're on vacation. Uh, but it is still cold. It's like 30 degrees. Uh, but that's not stopping the enthusiasm on the ground. I'm calling you live, actually, from the Trump campaign headquarters, where we are making sure that uh, Republicans across the state, in common sense, independents who are in fact allowed to vote in our primary on Tuesday, get out and vote for President Trump. We've made hundreds of thousands of direct voter contacts across the entire state. We got door knockers on the ground. We have 250 town captains deploying their armies in their respective towns. Um, so we are feeling very confident that President Trump remains in a good position to win on Tuesday. And I'll tell you, uh, Clay, as since you asked, being from New Hampshire, this first of the nation primary week is really so special. I actually just got lunch with someone from the team uh, in, a, in a local diner here in Manchester, New Hampshire, and our waitress had a 45 times two uh, shirt on, so she was ready for the primary. I talked to a great couple guys in Dunkin' Donuts this morning uh, who were telling me they'll be at the rally in Concord tonight for President Trump, so you can feel a buzz of excitement in the air. The media ascends on this state, uh, and it's a lot of fun for the voters here, and they take their jobs seriously in electing the next president of the United States. Hey, Caroline, it's Buck. Uh, can you tell everybody, we see some of these reports and, and the trying to explain what the rules are in New Hampshire and how it might make things a little bit different than they may expect in terms of who can vote independence, like, you can register the same day as something else. Well, what what are the specifics of how the New Hampshire primary is going down this year that people should be aware of about who's eligible and how they can vote? Yes, I'm glad you asked. So we have a semi-open primary system. So it's a little bit unique uh, from other states that just have a regular open primary. The way it works that is registered Republicans, of course, can vote uh, in the Republican presidential primary on Tuesday unaffiliated voters, a.k.a. independents, whichever you choose to call them, those words are synonymous here, uh, unaffiliated slash independents are also allowed to vote in the primary. Now, voters in New Hampshire had a chance to switch their party affiliation. That deadline was October the 6th, so that deadline has passed. However, we do know, based on the data from our Secretary of State, that 3,000 Democrats did, in fact, switch their party affiliation to be unregistered voters. Uh, and we know for a fact that Nikki Haley's campaign and also our Governor Kristen Nunu, who's been 
uh, touting around with Nikki Haley in our state of the past couple of weeks have really been focused on getting those Democrats, really, uh, to get out and to vote in our primary on Tuesday. So what we are saying from Team Trump is if you are a registered Republican in this state, you better get your butt to the polls on Tuesday and vote uh, for the man who will deliver on his promises as he did before. Uh, And if you are an unaffiliated voter, yes, you can still go to the polls. Choose wisely. You know, again, choose the candidate who's going to secure the border, rebuild the economy, reinvest in our energy. We have some of the highest energy cost utility bills of any state in this country. Thanks to Joe Biden's war on our energy. It wasn't that way a few short years ago. Um, so unregistered voters can get out and vote on Tuesday. Of course, registered Republicans we encourage to get out as well. Uh, but Nikki Haley is harping on the fact that she wants those former Democrats to get out and vote for her. And that tells you everything you need to know about her and where she stands on the key issues. Caroline, for people who don't know you, we've had you on the show a bunch. You ran for Congress. I think you're now 27 years old. You might still only be 26. Super young. Uh, tell people about your background. And you got this uh, this new job uh, after we'd already booked you. I want to say congrats. You're now the national press secretary for the Trump campaign. But for well, people can I say, there, we, yeah. we, were, we were early believers yes. here because we were trying to help Caroline be the youngest uh, to ever win in the state of New Hampshire a congressional seat. I think you actually would have been the youngest member of Congress of all time. So I'm just yeah. saying, some of us some of us saw talent <laughs> early, Carolyn. <laughs> yes, that is right, and I appreciate it, you guys, very much for always having me on the show. It's a pleasure, and I will tell you, I, I speak to a lot of great folks here in New Hampshire who listen to you guys often, but I did run for Congress in 2022. We had a huge primary victory uh, and then unfortunately fell short in the general election. But, hey, uh, one door closes, another one opens. Now I'm, I'm just so honored and thrilled to be part of President Trump's team. And I started the job officially. My first full day was Tuesday, uh, and it actually happened to be the day that President Trump hosted his uh, first rally of the primary week post-Iowa, and it was in my great hometown, the town of Atkinson, New Hampshire, a tiny farm town of 2,000 people. So uh, it was a serendipitous full-circle moment for sure, and I'm just very excited. You know, I, I did start my career in politics at the White House working for President Trump and then decided, of course, to run for Congress after Joe Biden uh, was installed in the White House, and I saw the destruction happening to our country very quickly. So it's an honor to be uh, on the Trump team for this just historic election that we have coming up. And, you know, there's so much talk about this primary, as there should be. Republicans need to get out and make their voices heard. We also keep got to keep our eyes on the ball focused on November, because we cannot afford four more years of Sleepy Joe uh, calling the shots in the White House if he's even calling them at all. (laughs) Uh, Caroline, is this the first primary that you will be involved with when Bill Belichick was not the coach of the New England Patriots? (laughs) And if so, how is that brutal reality setting in for all of the New England Patriot fans as primary day gets closer and closer? (laughs) You know... I tend to be one of those Patriots fans lifelong, okay? And since you mentioned I'm in my mid-20s, that is true. So I have never really known a losing Patriots team. I've grown up here my whole life uh, just thinking that we're going to make it to the Super Bowl every season, and many of seasons that came true. But I'm of the camp that I think Bill Belichick was nothing without Tom Brady. He never would have been without Tom Brady. Um, I love Tom Brady. I think he's great. He's also a big fan of President Trump, too, so that's a plus. But uh, it has been sad news in New England to see Belichick gone because now it truly feels like Patriots dynasty is over. 
And uh, that's about as hard as news as one New Englander can take. So it's been a couple of depressing weeks. Uh, we'll have to see what comes next for our great Patriots. So back to politics, if I can, for a second. Although for a moment there, I thought you were going to tell us that Tom Brady's a huge Klan Buck fan. So I got very excited. That would have been nice. That would be nice to hear. Yeah. Apparently he's a big I'm Trump sure fan, is. which I'm sure that's the, ne- the next best thing. Yeah, ask him. The next best thing is to be a a Clay and Buck fan or or to be a Trump fan. Um, so you guys look like you're gonna you're gonna run the table here. Um, looking good in New Hampshire and elsewhere. I mean, the numbers are the numbers. We're all familiar with them. You're probably more familiar that than pretty much anybody else. Uh, at at this point, is Trump just is it a message of unity and it's all over? I mean, is is he can you speak on his behalf to say that he welcomes any Republicans, independents, or even former Democrats into the tent now? Of course. We need to unite. And as President Trump said in his speech two nights ago in New Hampshire, the, the greatest unifier in this country will be success. And there's been so much chaos and division uh, because of Joe Biden's policies. But also, you know, he, he, he campaigned as being a unifier in chief. He's been anything but that. He, his administration is steadfast on di- dividing Americans based on race and gender, religion, creed, whatever it is. And President Trump said it the other night, success will be the greatest unifier in this country. And that's all the man wants to do is bring success back to America. He said it the other night. He wants to make America rich as hell again. I mean, that sounds pretty good to me. Who could disagree with that? He wants to keep our borders secure. He wants to make sure our police are funded. He wants to bring peace back to the world stage. As you guys know well, Joe Biden's weakness is barreling us into a World War III. And so I think that's a unifying message uh, that will exceed through this primary into the general election. So, yes, it is time to unify. Uh, absolutely. There are still two other Republicans in this race, though, who have refused really to take a hard look in the mirror and see this for what it is. Neither of them have a practical pathway to the nomination. And, you know, there's been this spotlight shown on by the mainstream media in the last few weeks on Nikki Haley. Uh, and the truth is she cannot be trusted on the issues that matter. She is more of a liberal than she is conservative. She's made egregious statements on the border. She supports amnesty. She's for uh, open borders. She said that illegal immigrants in many cases are more patriotic than hardworking Americans. I mean, that's insulting to so many hardworking Americans who feel ripped off by the open border policies of the Biden administration right now. So I think as more and more people come to understand Nikki Haley for who she truly is, uh, her chances are diminishing. And if she chooses to not drop out, after another devastating loss in New Hampshire, I think you'll see her political death certificate will be signed in her own home state of South Carolina. And so, uh, you know, it's time for Republicans to unify. Realize President Trump's the presumptive nominee. And again, we have a real hard fight on our on our hands in November that we need to win. And President Trump is the man for the job. Caroline, uh, thanks for joining us on the way out. Report from the New York Times that Tim Scott is going to be at tonight's rally in New Hampshire endorsing Donald Trump. Do you think that's true? <laughs> I will tell you this. I have been bombarded at the Trump campaign headquarters in the last couple of hours, so I can't confirm whether that is true or not. But as I just said, we welcome all people uh, to tr- Team Trump. Uh, so that would be in great news if it is, in fact, true. If you hear the clapping behind me, that's actually our Team Trump headquarters clapping for Senator J.D. Vance, who just arrived. He's here something for the president. We have Elise Stefanik coming in tomorrow. So uh, we welcome any and all people who want to join the Trump train all the way to November. 
get your get yourself up here to New Hampshire uh, and let's go win. I think there'll be a special guest there tonight. I'm just saying. Maybe not J.D. Vance, maybe not Elise, maybe somebody else. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us, Caroline. Tell J.D. and Elise we said hi, and thanks for coming on the show in the past. Anytime, guys. Thanks so much. That is Caroline Levitt. We come back. Uh, we'll dive into some of the craziness that's going on right now because there are a lot of different moving stories out there, um, and uh, including, this is kind of crazy, a media company that many of you have known for a long time that may not be in existence much longer. Um, kind of unexpected. Uh, in the meantime, election year means more emails, calls, text messages than you can possibly deal with. Campaigns will be reaching out every way they can to try to woo your vote. This presents cyber criminals with yet another opportunity to try and steal your online identity. One wrong click on a link, boom, you're toast. Not if you have LifeLock. Their 24-7 online systems monitor transactions in the millions looking for evidence of cyber thieves doing you dirty. LifeLock will alert you to potential threats so you can get ahead of it. And if you do become a victim, a dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will work with you to fix it. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives and how LifeLock can help protect you. Easy to sign up. Join now. Save 25% off your first year with my name, Clay, as the promo code. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK. You can head to LifeLock, like, lifelock.com. Use the promo code Clay for 25% off. Learn and laugh. Weekdays with Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. He served our nation for over seven years before he was severely injured during training. He was paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Tunnel the Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel the Towers helped severely injured service members and first responders, as well as Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders. It's already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The Foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel the Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams, offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer.